Enough of that. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rury. You may have heard me on the Celtics postgame show last night. If you didn't, you should go listen to it. My co-host is uh, awake, I hope. Calvin Chamberlain, hello. Hello, I'm awake. He's awake. Let's see how this goes. Calvin needs a nap. And by now, it would be more like a go-to-bed time. Uh... Well, yeah, maybe not for you. It's no. a little early. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe That's, Calvin will fall yeah. asleep during the show. It would not be the first time that Calvin has fallen asleep on the air. 
I had that clip. Wait, I would play I? it. It's on the other board. I don't yeah. even remember that. I, I fell asleep on the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, man, if I was better with uh, the BTR website, I'd probably find a way to pull it off with the one board and bring it on to ours and use it because there's a lot of good stuff on that board. I don't think they realize what they have over there on CLNS Media post-game shows there. Um, anyway, we come to you tonight to follow through on our promise from last week to do a show two weeks in a row. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Here we are. Oh, yeah. yeah what's, your, what's, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? My favorite Thanksgiving food. I, I mean, I yeah. guess I'm a stuffing guy, but it's not not the dry stuffing. It's got to be the stuffing cooked in the bird. It's got to be the, the stuff inside the bird. That's what I'm looking for. I like the stuffing that's cooked inside the bird, but can I just say that I'm I'm very opposed to raisins and stuffing. I'm oh sure, yeah, no no raisins. But listen, I'm talking maybe some uh, some pieces of celery and some onion, of oh, course. Celery, and, sure. yeah. And most, we're going to go carrots, like small pieces of carrots. But other than that, uh, that's it for me. Onions and celery, and I'm good. Yeah. And keep raising the way from your stuffing. That, that's right. The stuffing's bread strong, stuff. yeah. In, in, in that vein, I'm just going to go right along and just say gravy. Because, you know, uh-huh. the gravy that's made from the turkey can really – it really enhances the stuffing. It enhances the potatoes. It enhances the turkey itself. It's just, it's, it's just an enhancer. If you like gravy, it is an enhancer. Yes, I, I in particular do not really like gravy. Oh, so really? yeah, I just don't oh, like wow. the, I like the way it's made. You know, it just seems seems uh, kind of disgusting to me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm not really a big fan. All right, all right, fair enough. Right. So I stay away from the gravy, but I eat the rest of it. How about that? All right, you're disappointing me a little bit, but uh, I'll, I can move on quickly. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. I, I guess I, I made Ray Lewis mad with that too. Um, what do you say we start the show here? Huh? Yeah. You know, sometimes when we start our show, I feel like it's uh, it's really that we're we're trying to talk about what the show's going to be, or we're trying to stall because we don't have enough. Sometimes it feels like people are listening to just a random conversation. Before the actual show starts, do you feel that way? Um, I do, but you, you know, you know what? I like I, I, I like to break up the monotony. I guess because I already know sure. what we're going to talk about. I, uh-huh. I like to throw a curve, an occasional curveball in there, you know, to keep things more interesting. I guess to other people, it's not that way, but I, it's just what I do for myself. Yeah, I do the show that's for fine. Myself. This, this show is really yeah. for us anyway, so hopefully the people don't mind. Either way. Um, in any case, yeah, we're gonna go back to uh, you know, flow the, the bread and butter, I guess, of this network, and to a degree, our show. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, start off with a, another conversation with the Boston Celtics. How about that? That's right. Okay, right. That's right. We are because the Celtics are uh, the roller coaster of all roller coasters this year. Man, are they inconsistent? That team. They show up to play some nights. They don't show up to play other nights. Their their coaches all over the place. Whether he's benching guys or or just fiddling with the rotations. Nothing seems to be working for them right now. And for a team that uh, has overachieved for almost six years now, and everything did seem to be working for up until this this year, uh, even with injuries, etc. people are frustrated, Calvin. I'll tell you that much. People are getting frustrated. I'm not one of those people. I mean, it's, it's frustrating to see the inconsistency of effort sometimes, but 
in general, I still b- believe that everything will be okay by the end of the season, and it, it'll all work out, and the Celtics will be there competing for a championship. So you're not there yet with the frustration, but I guess w- what I'm wondering is, 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 is Brad Stevens getting there with frustration? Just based on some of the things that he said. Well, yeah, and, I would and, say so. And, His actions in game, yeah, yeah, and and more specifically, uh, you, you talk about rot- rotations changing. I want to talk about uh, a move he did the the other day, which is moving Hayward to the bench, starting Aaron Baines. I guess I find it interesting for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it it's it's not just the fact that hey hey he's gonna he's decided to cave into pressure or or basically go against the idea of like clearly Hayward's been an issue all season right like Hayward not back to any version of what he was so the the idea seemed to previously be like well let's let him you know work his way back into that guy. Uh, like give him a lot of rope, give him a lot of room, right? And like later on in the season, it'll pay off. This like taking him out of the starting lineup in a way, it already feels like a like a walk back of that to me, you know, or at least like a capitulation of that, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, compared to the way that he was acting before, I think it's the right move though. And I I wish they had done it sooner. I wish they had done it to start the season. I wish they didn't have to wait until Gordon Hayward came out in the media and said that he'd be okay coming off the bench. I don't understand why that wasn't a conversation prior to the season behind the scenes. That's got to be something you talk to them about. It must, it had to have been clear to them that Gordon Hayward was not at the level of everybody else. Cause it's been clear to everybody watching and they finally pulled the trigger on it. So I, I that's my question about the whole thing. Why wasn't it done sooner? And here to me is, is an even bigger thing. It's not just the benching of Hayward. It, like if I'm if I'm reading into this from the from the outside, it, it, what's interesting to me is that he benched Hayward, and then it, for for Aaron Baines, a guy who played well last season, but hasn't really had to uh, the same spot in the rotation that he that he had sure. last season. Like, why wouldn't you well, go to a only, guy like Morris? He only played seven minutes last night anyway, so the, the starting lineup I, really didn't didn't matter. And you know what? He made another change in that game last night as well. Jalen Brown only played 19 minutes. So he was kind of relegated to the bench uh, against Charlotte as well. So there are a couple of things that he, he changed drastically last night, but the the one Aaron Baines in the starting lineup did not stick because Gordon oh, yeah, was, played a full allotment of minutes, you know, I was going to go to that as well, but I, I guess my point is, is like, it, it seems by making Baines his choice, and, and, and who knows, like, uh, what what the minute allocation is going to be going forward, right? Like, we can't if he, if he's still starting Baines. Like, look, getting the starting position is, is like usually means that you're going to get a, at least more minutes that Baines has been getting, right? Or at least like he sees something like it, I don't know. It it just feels regressive to me in a way like. Not regressive, but like, hey, let's go. Let's try to go back to what worked last year, and maybe that will work with this team in a way. Like, as opposed to going to someone like Morris, who, for example, who has played better this year than Baines and has gotten more minutes than Baines. I don't know. It's just a weird choice to me. 
in a way that like makes me feel like he's yeah like he's trying to struggle to reach back to the magic last year. I don't know. Maybe I'm re- reading too much into that. And you're right. He ended up playing seven minutes in. He it's he sort of had his role filled by Tice in that game. So, who also hasn't he hasn't been getting that many minutes either, right, Tice? Well, Tice was I out for a little while because he had that plantar fasciitis thing, or he, they said it was partially torn. But then he came back a lot quicker than anybody thought he would. Um, and since then, he's been getting more minutes than people would have expected as well. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a guy that they would probably prefer out there. He's a better offensive player, and then he's really, aside from aside from his size, his he's got Baines has a few inches on him. But aside from that, he's just as good defensively and uh, on the rebounds too. So, I think that they would prefer Tice out there to Baines, especially if they're going to be playing a little bit smaller. So I'm not surprised by that. I was surprised by Jalen Brown not getting minutes because I thought that overall in the minutes he played, he was okay. He didn't do anything really poorly that would make me think he would be in the doghouse or something. But uh, Stevens decided to, to stay away from him. And that's something that I am interested to talk about as well. How much concern would you have if you were a Celtics fan right now with Jalen Brown? It, I mean, people are talking about – trading Terry Rozier since last year's playoffs. I'm one of them, but it's starting starting to look like the guy that really isn't fitting in is Jalen Brown. So uh, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe I'm going to have to revert back to my, my rookie year take for Jalen Brown in that. I just thought he was a great athlete, but he wasn't going to really amount to much. And even last year I was saying that, that Jason Tatum, I was hitching my horse, to his wagon there and saying that he was going to be better than Brown. So I'm definitely sticking with that. That's, that's for sure. But I warmed up to Brown a little bit last year and I I feel like I was open to the things that he said about changing his game and focusing on the the things that were uh, people were critical of him for in the off season, but I haven't seen it, Calvin. (laughs) I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm, I don't, I'm not really starting to worry so much with him, but he does look like he's regressed and is not really moving forward. I can't really figure out where he fits on this team right now. He just seems a lot more passive to me, I guess. And, and, and you know, that's been a we, – we talked about it before. That's, like, been a criticism of Jalen Brown, you know, in a way. And you're right. I don't, Maybe he just doesn't have the, the role that he wants. And I, I don't know. Roles – I think that, in a way, like the Celtics' depth um, this year has sort of – hurt them slightly in the sense that like it does a lot of guys don't seem to have to like know what their role is or like sort of have uh, yeah have their niche on the team like it doesn't seem like I've, i i feel that way about about Jalen. i feel that way uh definitely about rogier right and we can get to get to his tweet in a second um i mean marcus smart at this point like he has his role on defensive end but uh, offensively like he doesn't really seem to. I don't know. I mean, he he seems to be doing the same things he he does every year, just sort of. Oh yeah, Marcus Smart has not changed. Thing. You're right. But but I I think where he changes, he's not he's not sort of getting the same the same touch. I, it, I don't know. It, it seems like in in the past, Brad uh, Stevens would sort of award, like reward him for his defensive intensity by sort of making him. The, the primary ball handler a lot of time without Kyrie in the game. And it, it seems like he yeah. still does that occasionally, but it, seems, it just seems like he's right. less touches. 
Well, I think, yeah, he definitely is getting less touches because Gordon Hayward is becoming a little bit of a ball handler himself. So between Kyrie being back full strength and Hayward getting more touches, that inherently is going to take stuff away from Marcus Smart. Um, He's really going to become – he looks like he's going to become a defensive specialist on this team uh, and that he'll, he'll be out there to sort of facilitate on offense more than shoot. But he has been getting open looks, and uh, his shot hasn't really changed a whole lot. And sometimes he'll knock it down, sometimes he won't. And so Marcus Smart is, is, is exactly who people, or who I expected him to be, uh, and who Danny Ainge expects him to be as well. So he's living up to to what Ainge set as the expectation when he made uh, signed that contract. So or offered him that contract, I should say. So from from what we've seen, he's exactly what they expected. He's he's definitely worth the money in their eyes. So I think they're happy with it so far. Um, but like you said, he's has, has a little bit of a diminished role because everybody else uh, has a role that has increased a bit. So what do you, what do you make of this Rozier tweet? I mean, Rozier has had a history of, uh, of, of sort of cryptic tweets before, right? And he, his tweet said something about, uh, Shoot, I've already forgot because I'm tired. Uh, do you have it? I'm, I'm happy to sure. be here. Didn't didn't it say I'm happy to be here? No, no, that's his that's his response uh, to the tweet. His, his actual tweet was uh, hold up, hold up, I got it. Oh yeah, it's a, it just said let's do us all a favor. And he capitalized all. Uh huh. And so yeah, so people asked uh, about it, and he said uh, he said I wasn't talking about me. Chill with the bad talk. Uh huh. Yeah. So I, I guess he had a tweet last year where, uh, you know, he he talked about uh, like, well, can't remember that either. But it, it it was like uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just letting you flounder like, here, buddy. I'm just letting know, you. I know, I'm just you letting are, you are. The wind. I don't really basically, follow what Terry was here tweeting about. about. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that uh, that he necessarily meant something about that you know what could be anything he doesn't necessarily mean mean to be a trade maybe he's trying to say that somebody should trade marcus smart you know maybe he doesn't like maybe he knows that everybody in the locker room doesn't like marcus smart because he's yelling at everyone and it's Kyrie's team that was that was a conspiracy theory that was floated around on boston radio waves the other day like ridiculous uh but name somebody else. Like maybe there is a rift in the locker room right now. And he is talking about that. Maybe he wants to be here and he thinks somebody else should be gone. You know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to be traded. I wouldn't take it that way, but it does seem to have something to do uh, with his situation. I mean, I don't know if if it wasn't about the Boston Celtics uh, or his family, let's say, don't you think he would have been a little, he would elaborated a little bit more about what he was talking about. If it was any topic other than his job or his family, I, I, I believe that he would ha- have given a, a little bit more details and not have been so that's, cryptic. So yeah, it, it, it's one of those two things and it could be anything that falls under that umbrella. So that's why I don't try to read too much into this stuff. Oh yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying, Oh, like he definitely wants to be traded and this is what he's saying, but like, that's kind of down the same vein that I'm going, which is that, like, you can't make, look, look, when you're a famous person and you make a tweet that has no explanation in and of itself without context, 
It's just a statement. You in in you're a basketball player. Like he's smart. Like you can't you can't play dumb afterwards and be like, oh, I forgot who I was dealing with. Y'all are reading too much into it. No, I want to be here. Like, like maybe he does, and maybe he was talking about so maybe he was talking about somebody else. That's fine. That's that's what was good. But like he knows what he's doing when he makes out of that original tweet. You know what I mean? It's like this. You, you oh, definitely. Come back after the fact. He knows, like he knows. Uh, regardless of like what it actually means, he knows that it's going to get that sort of reaction. And He's, and the other thing, because, the other thing is, Calvin, that he he didn't take the route of Jimmy Garoppolo or someone else to say that his his phone was hacked or one of his friends stole it or something like that. He essentially admitted that he. I mean, that it was a tweet that he sent, you know, so he's not taking that route. He's taking the, you guys didn't understand what I was saying route. So some, there's something there. Right. But we didn't understand what he was saying because, because he didn't make himself clear. Right. And yeah, and, and he's smart enough to know the kind, especially as someone who's got like, again, can't remember what that other tweet was, but he, yeah, he, he had a similar situation last year uh, where he, he made a comment about, I think it's, Something about wanting to be here, something where, uh, or like all good things come to an end, I think, or something like that. And people thought that he was getting traded. Like he certainly had experience with this. He knows, he, like he he knows. So like even if he even if he that's not what he actually meant, and who knows what he actually meant, he you you still know, or at least I still feel like what he actually meant was to get people wondering whether or not he wanted to be here. Right, like I, I, I can only come to that conclusion because it's common sense. You know what I mean? Like what the actual tweet meant is is whatever, but what he intended people to, to get out of, like the reaction he intended to provoke from that, seems obvious to me. Uh, like, I don't know I about that. That's, that's where we differ because I, I think it could be anything. I think he could be talking about somebody else on the team as well. I, I mean, it, I don't necessarily think it means that he wants out. I think that he wants a different situation. That's when he when someone no, says no. That he wants when he wants out. That make, makes me makes me think they don't like the organization. They don't like anything about their situation there. And I would find that hard to believe if if he really hated everything about what's going on. I, I would find it more believable that he dislikes one specific person and would like that person to go. And if it happens to be Brad Stevens, then that's a different story. But otherwise, like, or Kyrie Irving or something like that. But otherwise, like, he, he may be pointing to that. So, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not so sold on it like you are. Either way. No, no, no um, what, I, what I meant, I think you, you misunderstood me. What I, I, what I meant is not that he wants out, but what I meant is that when he made the tweet, he wanted a reaction. That, that's the point, that's the point oh, okay. that I'm making. He, he wanted this. He wanted the, the conversation that we're having, not us specifically, but he wanted sort of. He wanted it sure. To he wanted it to happen. Otherwise, he something to yeah. be out there. Yeah, and if, if and if that's what that's he fun. wanted, that that's a sign. Regardless of what specifically that that turmoil is, it's a sign of him wanting to make some sort of passive aggressive statement. And I think that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, so I guess we'll see. He. He definitely meant something by it, but and you know what? Something usually happens about things like this if it's true. Like Eric Bledsoe, when he was very blatant about not wanting to be wherever he was at the time, uh, if you even if he was trying to be literal about the street corner he was standing on or the club that he was in or even his home, oh, yeah. his own home. You know what? I remember that one. He, he clearly meant something about Phoenix because he was benched and traded as well. 
after the fact and bench before that, but that one was pretty obvious. So if something happens and Rogier is traded, people are going to look back on this and they're going to say, well, this, this is probably what he did want. If he's not traded and somebody else moves, then maybe they start to think that Rogier didn't like that guy. Either way, anything that, that happens in the next couple of months with the Celtics roster, people are going to look back to this tweet and think that it might have something to do with it, regardless of whether it does or not. So he, uh, he definitely got them talking like you said he wanted them to. So he, he wins that battle, I guess. Um, let's, uh, let's move on here. Do you want to go to more NBA or you want to jump yeah. over to the NFL a little bit? Let's. Well, we'll, st- we'll stick with the NBA for now. All right, let's move on down the Atlantic Division. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. And then we'll go even further down the eastern seaboard there. Uh, Or actually, yeah, that's right, even further down the eastern seaboard, excuse me, Um, and hit on the Wizards. So first off, the 76ers. This team, to me, went all in with not a good hand. They traded away multiple role players in Sarge and Covington that were serviceable and did some good things for them. And even though they won three in a row here, they seem to be a team that, that still struggles on the road. And I'm not saying that they're not going to be solid in the playoffs or, or good down the stretch here or what have you, but I think that they're still not deep enough to make any sort of noise in in the NBA playoffs and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They may win around, but I don't think they're, they're going to be much better than that. And I just I don't know if the Butler Simmons and Bead combo is good enough to get you past the first round slash second round if you win that first round. So the fact that Markel Fultz has now stepped away from the team and thins them out even more makes me wonder if they made the right decision by trading for Jimmy Butler because I, uh, you, you want to talk about conspiracy theories and correlation and just trying to figure out what's going on by using the facts that, you know, this is some sort of a coincidence that Jimmy Butler shows up and now Fultz is saying that he, uh, he's not going to play. I don't trust this team. I don't trust the doctors. We're going to check on my shoulder and that's it. I'm stepping away. I don't know about that. People in Minnesota seem to be, to be rubbed the wrong way by Jimmy Butler as a teammate. I'm starting to see a different side of this guy, and it makes me wonder whether Fultz just said, "You know what? I'm not even. I'm not playing with this guy." And maybe that's not a bad look on Butler as much as it is on Fultz. We'll see. But that's the that's my takeaway from this. What do you think? Um, I think I I don't agree with that takeaway. I, th- I think it's an interesting point that you're making, but I don't think, look, Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler aside, I just don't think Jimmy Butler could have possibly been in Philadelphia long enough to alienate Markel Fultz. And, and by the way, he's not even really playing with Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz played seven minutes in the last game. Like the, sec- the second Jimmy Butler arrived, uh, Markel Fultz went to the bench wasn't playing at all sure. in the second half. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's that part of it, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think that there's a thing where Markel Fultz doesn't fit at all with that with that team with Jimmy Butler on the court, especially with the other three guys. 
Do they do they need shooting? And I, I don't think like I don't think it works at all with with uh, Michael Fultz in, in in that scenario, and especially because Jimmy Butler likes the ball in his hand as well. So you sort of need a guy who can play off the ball, and that's not what Michael Fultz does right now. So I think just roster wise, like it was it was going to hurt Michael Fultz the second that Jimmy Butler arrived anyway. So right. I, I think that's where you can say. Uh, you want to be conspiracy theorists and say, well, I mean, it's all part like, of it. This, this guy was, uh, this, this guy all of a sudden got his minutes cut, his numbers, uh, which already weren't great to begin with, but at least he was getting the minutes and sort of some opportunities are going to be drastically cut. You can see the handwriting on the wall, right? Uh, well, how do you react to that? Well, maybe what you do is you talk about how you were injured, your shoulder. Yeah. This Markel Fultz thing, man, this is like one of, I don't know, this is one of the weirdest story. Like, it's, it's just the fact that this saga is still going on, right, into a second season. Like, can you imagine if you, like, if you if you guys had drafted Fultz, for example, and like, oh, I mean, no I way. a few for Sixers fans here. In, in the second <laughs> season, like, he sits out his entire Age first duped him again. Shows up, has a, one triple-double, and then he's, He's unplayable in the playoffs, right? They don't play him at all. Comes right. back, they they commit to starting. They they commit to starting him. Then they say he's going to start second half, uh, and then they they trade for Jimmy Butler, and all of a sudden he's worthless to them. Like, what? First of all, what is his trade? He he's making nine million. If they if they cleared that nine million, uh, they would have a chance apparently at a clearing up another max deal even if they signed Butler. So like what is it but what is Markel Fultz worth right now in a in a trade, right? Not not too much. Like who first of all he plays the point guard position, right? Secondly he's had his issues and he makes nine million. So it's not like he's not making any money. Yeah, he's on the rookie scale, but he's on the rookie scale for the number one pick. I don't know. What do you what do you do with this guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be tough to get rid of him. People, um, unless somebody sees a, a physical, uh, has a complete physical and workup of his shoulder, et cetera, and clears him like that and thinks that they can fix his shot, which is men- he's mentally shot with his shot, I think. Uh, not only is it just, it looks ugly, but he's he's still, even though he looked like he was might be getting it back for a couple games there early on, still does not... <laughs> He doesn't have it. It doesn't look good. So unless somebody thinks they can fix that, what, what kind of a premium are they going to send back to Philadelphia? Not much. It's tough. I, I feel like Philly has to just bite the bullet on this one, hope that everything's okay, see if he can play next year. And if not, you let him walk away. You let him walk away and make a minimum salary somewhere and try and stick in the league that way. And, and it's too bad for this kid. Uh, I feel bad for him for him more than I feel six, feel bad for Sixers fans or their organization or anything like that. I mean, depending on who you believe, they are part of the reason that he's messed up. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to have tried tried to mess up or mess with his shot a little bit, and get, then he gets messed up mentally. He can't shoot, etc., and he can't get out of it. I just, I don't know. I wouldn't I be surprised. I, I, is what I'm trying to say. So. That's... It's it's weird. It's just a weird situation, and I I hope that uh, he figures it out. Because even though I thought it was a a joke, and I thought he was he was terrible, and 
or not terrible, but he was going to be worse than Tatum. I, I thought that there were other players in the draft that were better. And I was glad that the Celtics made the move on draft night. I didn't think it was going to go this poorly for him. I thought he was going to be a contributor at least. Um, but we'll see. He's got some time left. Well, no, he, but see, you say that you, you feel more bad for him than for the organization, but we're not even, we haven't even touched on like, like the, the way that he's done this is like, it's, it's kind of like unprecedented in the NBA, right? Where, and yes, I will grant you the Sixers organization does have a history of what misdiagnoses and like uh, allowing guys to be more ancient than, than they are. And we have heard for a while that like uh, that Fultz, you know, had shoulder issues, but the shoulder thing to me has sort of somewhat felt like a team covering for him, for him, his, his mental issues. And it's just a weird hmm, maybe. place to go. Right. Because, because who knows, who knows the actual answer to this. So wait a minute, but, if that's the case, why would his agent start to, to threaten that he needs to see his shoulder checked out for with a specialist? Wouldn't the team just come out and say, well, I guess it would alienate the, the player and, and indefinitely if they were to say that he was lying about it before or that they were lying about it before and his shoulder's fine. No, Marie, this is why we're talking about it. The, this is a direct quote from Elton Brand. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing we saw medically that didn't allow him to play, Brand told ah, the so reporters. He played last okay. night. He played two days ago. His GM is basically saying ever since uh, ever since Jimmy Butler came and Fultz wasn't starting, I thought he played pretty well. I was proud of him the way he bounced back from a lot of things. Uh, Brand also seemed to amused as a why Fultz couldn't have an appointment take place sometime before next week. I don't know how long he's going to be out, Brand said. I know Monday is a consultation. I asked why Monday. He said it was the best day they could get an appointment. I thought they might move it up for him, Brand added with a smile, but I guess not. So Monday is the appointment, and after that, we'll know more. I feel like Elton Brand, with, without actually trying to completely alienate him, is essentially saying that he doesn't trust Markel Fultz, or, mm. or at least at least his people. Like, it's a scenario where like this guy is all of a sudden out of nowhere, and and it's it's you know quote coinciding with his his minutes being cut and him being in a position where he, where he's not he's going to be less successful going forward. So in, in now he's trying to hold the team, not hold the team for ransom. But here's the thing: if if he goes and sees the specialist, and the specialist comes back and says, uh, "Yeah, Mark Fultz has a hurt shoulder," then the team is not—they're not going to be able to trade him at all, right? That's well, right. Yep. It's it's just so it's so weird. And even even Brett Brown says, "Oh, this is the first real sort of red flag type news." I played him 20 minutes four days ago, and he, I thought he played okay. And that's it. And he said, uh, "That's all you get." The other night, that's all you get right there. Yeah, yeah. The other night they went with T.J. McConnell instead of him. So that was that was another thing. So he commented on that. Uh, but yeah, so the coach says he didn't know anything. The GM says he didn't know anything. This was a thing where like it wasn't, it wasn't really uh, like there were no real diagnosis on his shoulder. It was sort of a thing like like talking about his shoulder. Uh, Right. had a shooting coach, Drew Hanlon, uh, try to help him improve his form. And, uh, he helped him sort of before the season started and 
throughout the beginning of the season, he had a tweet where he uh, early on where like somebody was attacking Fultz for still sucking, and him and made a comment like, first of all, he's still not healthy. So that's the only real reference to like him, his shoulders still not being good until right now. And I, I don't know. I just it's it's just really interesting to me. Like, what do you do with this guy? Yeah, I mean, you, I don't like I said. I don't think there's really much they can do. They have to let him be away and see if he can come back and play for them next year because he's still under contract, right? And if you, unless you just want to totally cut bait and take a really low value for him, second round pick or like. I mean, I'm talking like some, you're not getting a first round pick for this guy, the number one pick in the draft. You're not getting it. It's not happening. So if they want to cut bait that, that badly, then that's something they, they could do. But otherwise you just wait, see if he can play next year or later in the season. That's, that's all they can do with this one. But it sounds like they're taking the approach to put the blame on the player and that's not going to sit well with him. So who knows if he, he demands a trade or hold or decides not to show up. And I don't know what the, the recourse is that, that they may have for, for a situation like that, but um, with a, with a young player like that. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this one, but it's definitely interesting. If, if he said he wanted out, would you trade with his year for Fultz? No. Throwing it no. out there. All right, no, no. I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm all you, open you for trading you. Terry Rozier, but not for Mark Helfel. It's not. We're not. Some somebody called the the uh, post game show last night and said that they were they wanted to trade for uh, PJ Tucker, Etwan Moore, or Robert Covington, and I'm like, are you are you serious? I don't understand. What what, what planet are you living on? Like, those are all solid players. Like. Tucker and Covington are, are solid players. Each one more, not so much. But if you're talking about a straight-up situation, one for one uh, of each of those guys, no thanks. I'll take Terry Rozier for half a season. No thank you. I mean, I guess. I, guess, I, mean, I think the year, I feel like you're underrating P.J. Tucker at least. But that's, that's fine. I think Tucker's a solid player. A great defensive player. But... On on this team, he he's not nearly an offensive. I mean, if he wanted to stick to being a role player and that's that, and just grab ten rebounds and get a few assists and some steals, then that's one thing. Uh, he he would fit in here for sure. He could play like a Jay Crowder role without shooting the ball so much. Um, but I I still think Rogier's a better player and that he can do a lot of those things as well, even though he's smaller. And he's, and he's a better scorer. So I'd still rather have him on this championship run than to trade for P.J. Tucker. All right, who are you trading Rozier for then? Now, now, yeah, I don't know. And then, now I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably putting too high of a here. value on him, to be yeah. honest with you. But um, What do you want? You want Chew Holiday for him? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about here? I mean, that's pretty strong. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, you mean, you named Pelicans. Etwan Moore's having a good year, by the way, but that's fine. Well, that's that's because what the guy last night said he wanted Etwan Moore. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know right. who I would trade for Rozier. Yeah, give me a name. Um, I don't know. He, he's not like. That's a tough one. There's like, 
I'm just trying, I'm just searching in my, in my brain and I can't, I can't really come up with anyone. I just, I, I, I don't know of a player. Let's, let's leave, leave salaries off it. Just salaries just off of it. Yeah. Just a, just a guy, the type, the type of, of caliber guy you expect to get in return for a uh, I guess is the real question. How about, how about like, uh, would you, would you, would you hmm. take Evan Turner back? Evan Turner's a solid player. I don't know. I, I feel like that's – see, I feel like you're underrating Terry Rozier now. Maybe I'm pumping him up a little too much, but um, I don't know. I'm th- I'm thinking more along the lines of like I, – I guess like a Bazemore or, uh, uh, or a Batum at this point in his career. Mm. I don't know. That's that's a tough question. I, there's too many guys out there. Rozier's not that. He's not. He's not like a guy that you're you're going to be training for a, a, an all star or something like that. Right. But there's too many guys in that middle that that would that would match up with him. I think Fournier maybe some somebody like that. Again, Fournier really? I think I think Fournier is better than Rozier. That's fine. Yeah. better than I think Rozier's overall better than Fournier, but he's in that that grouping is what I'm trying to say. Like I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. All right. I, I threw that Let's at you uh, pretty off the cuff, but that's what yeah. I do. Yeah, I could dig through that for days. Um, all right. Up next, down the down the East Coast, the Washington Wizards. That team, boy, oh, boy, is that team looking more foolish by the day. Uh, they just hate each other down there. They are 6-11. and 11. I love it. Poor start for the Wizards, even though John Wall was saying that they were going to be so good and everybody was on board with everything and Austin Rivers is talking trash before the season saying they're going to be so good, blah, blah, blah. Man, are they bad and they hate each other. They all want out. Bradley Beal wants out of the entire organization. He's a guy that is being very blatant with his uh, thoughts about things. He does not like the organization anymore. I don't know if he ever did. So, Everybody's open. Everybody's up for trades. Now, what does that do for the Wizards, though? We just talked about how value is tough to come by when a guy when, – when teams know that they want to trade a guy or when a player is walking away from a team. So what, what is this going to do to the Wizards? It, it feels to me like this is, this is going to be a, a pretty down time for the Wizards for the next few years because you blow this team up. You're at the bottom, and we all know it's not easy to come back from the bottom, especially in the, when you're toiling in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to go to the bottom. It depends on what what they can get for their guys. Um, first of all, can I just say that I'm going to miss this Wizards team when they're gone? <laughs> like I love you, you know you know I love this kind of thing. Like, but the Wizards are like the 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 perfect form of like this team that's like backbiting. None of them like each other. Constant sniping in the media, uh, constant, like making cryptic comments and trying to figure out who they're talking about. Wall and Peel hate each other. Two best players. It's the best. I love it. The only thing I don't love is Dwight yeah, you Howard. Love the drama. Kick, Dwight Howard can kick rocks, but every, every, everything else <laughs> going on with this team is the best. Well, do you, ha- do you think that, Dwight Howard has anything to do with it? You think that he's the type of guy that would like no. try and divide a locker room or 
or maybe, or maybe he's bringing his pranks to an ultimate level, and just, nobody can handle it anymore, so they're blaming everybody else. Dwight Howard's I antics mean, are ruining everything in Washington. I, I mean, people, when you say everything in Washington, you, you made me think of, like, government. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> NBA players are notorious. It's Dwight Howard's fault that this world is going to, sh- to crap, yes. Yeah. Dwight Howard is, like, notoriously hated on teams that he's on, but no, I don't think he has anything to do with what's – because, like, most of their history has – like, Gortat had a lot more to do with it than Howard does. Uh, but he's not even there. Like, I, I would even probably guess that Austin Rivers, and another notorious guy who has, whose teammates <laughs> don't like. Yes. Like, it's just this, I just I just wanted to bring his name up because it's just funny that he's there. But, no, this is I think this is mainly a Wall and Beal thing – other guys are just caught up in their in their vortex, right? Like, I know Kelly Oubre is like outspoken and in like kind of jerky sometimes, and I know like he's gotten into conversations. <laughs> excuse me, conversations with Scott Brooks, and I know that like that's part of it. Uh, Scott Brooks is an issue as well, but I I think that ultimately it just comes down to Wall and Beal. These guys. I don't know. I don't know. The two best players, it, yeah. I mean, hey, if the two best yeah. players don't get along, then it's not going to go very well. You know, and and I don't, I don't know that like it's just even that they hate each other so much that like if that if you got rid of them, it it would the problem would go away. Like, look, I like Bradley Beal as a basketball player, what he does on the court, but like I'm not convinced now that Bradley Beal, like you, if my team traded for him and there's a, you know, I, I have like mixed opinions on it. I, I feel like I wouldn't be, depending on what they traded for him, I wouldn't be too upset if my team traded for Bradley Beal, but I just don't know that I trust him as, as, as a player. I don't know that I trust like whether or not he's going to be a malcontent at this point in, in his career from what I've seen from him. I'm sorry. Like, I know everyone wants to put it on John Wall, and believe me, I think John Wall takes a lot of it. But like Beal's comments uh, when he doesn't have to be his his constant sniping, he's not he's not like uh, victimless in this. He's not you know not part of the problem in this scenario. And I, I don't know. I, I look at everybody on that team, and I'm like, all of these guys are all kind of jerky. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe this is finally uh, the. Well, actually, as I say that, I open up Twitter, and the Washington Wizards pull off the comeback from 24 down to get the W in Washington. John Wall 30 points, Bradley Beal 27 points, eight assists for Wall, seven for Bradley Beal. Uh, they they beat the Clippers tonight after being down 24. So old friend Mar- Marcin Gortat there loses in Washington. So maybe we're maybe we're down on the the Wizards. Too soon, Calvin. Maybe we spoke too soon, and, and we should have w- waited for this game to end. And then, now they're back. Everything's fine. Beal and Wall both getting theirs. Everything is good. No, no. I think you and I are right on this one. And the Wizards will continue to to fall apart until one of them is gone. So we'll see what happens there. Because it would, I, I would have to believe that someone's going. Someone will be gone from the Wizards. Uh, I would say before Christmas, even. How about that? Merry Christmas to that person. Well, let me. Who, who is this person, Murray? Because let me let me ask you this: Is John Someone. Wall tradable? 
Is, is John Wall tradable? I think John Wall's tradable, yes. I think he's he, he's uh, still good enough and as uh, enough of a, an all-star type of player that teams would want him. Yes. But in, in a vacuum, you might be right, right? But have you seen his contract? You know that he's like getting a Supermax contract that kicks in next season? First of a four-year deal. He's like it's like the super supermax, right? Where he's getting the thirty-five million. I guess if he gets traded, it gets bumped fifteen percent, right? Which is also a problem if Otto Porter gets traded. Um, Otto Porter is making twenty-six million this season, and he's averaging like ten points. All all of his numbers are down, right? So he, Otto Porter to me is like a, the prototypical guy that like everyone would want on their team in theory if he was just. If he was just doing everything he did, but like a little bit more, you know what I mean? So right now, if, if or if he was making ten, twelve million dollars a year instead of twenty-eight. So to me, I don't, I don't, and maybe you can get something for Porter. I don't know, maybe right for a team that's like already contending and it's already over the cap. It doesn't really a, a team like the Celtics, I guess, right? But even though hmm. they're they're bad, they're a bad choice because they've already got. And I've got yes. it, but maybe a, a team like, um, yep. yeah, definitely a log jam a team, at that position. Brown, Tatum, yeah. Hayward, those guys would would all probably play over Porter. I mean, maybe not Brown actually. Tatum and, and Hayward, I believe that they would they would play him over Otto Porter. So they'd have to play alongside each other, and that would just something would have to give there. It, one of those guys right. would probably be gone if you were to bring him in. Um, Either way, maybe a team yeah. that's like in 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 that range of like sure of like good and in, in sort of can use another one of those guys like the Pacers or something. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can figure. Maybe if you're the Pacers, you 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 entertain something like a like Sabonis or Turner or one of those two guys as the the main guy going back something like that. I don't know. But so I think yeah, it makes Porter, me want to go to the train machine and see what Detroit yeah. would be able to send over because I think if you were to throw oh, Porter with with Drummond and Griffin, then that would be pretty pretty solid. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think the underrated thing about Porter is he is a guy who like has historically hit his threes at a very high clip, so he does space the floor as well. He kind of does something. He kind of does everything he wants on a modern guy. I just don't know that he does it enough to justify the contract he has. But maybe you move him. Wall. I just don't. <laughs> I'm a hard time. And the only the only way I see John Wall getting moved is if he gets moved to a team like New Orleans, for example, that's like starving. That wants to make sure they keep Anthony Davis happy, right? So they're willing to commit to like shaping to locking their their team into like a long-term scenario under the idea of look look at this star that we got you john wall like you you want to stay here now you know what i mean that existed in okc and now it doesn't because paul george is there it existed in houston but now it doesn't the other places where we're talking about what like milwaukee right milwaukee in theory um well, that would want right? that would that could benefit from John Wall. Is that what you're asking? That could benefit from bringing a guy in at his cost, locking yourself in over the cap, but you're doing it to sort of like appease the guys that are there right now to make sure. You, that's why I said Milwaukee. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, then what, like, what about what about like uh, 
um, what about New, like New Orleans? What if New Orleans was to say, like, who? I don't even know who they have right now. Let's take a look here. Uh, what if they were to, 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 to trade Holiday? You know, like, what if that, to me, I mean, Holiday's good, but isn't John Wall better? What if what if there was some sort of a straight up, actually? Is he better? I don't know. It depends on what you're looking for, I guess. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure he is better. Into when you when you factor in how much better Holiday is on defense at this point, like Sean Wall's not what, if, what he was defensively. Let's try this Holiday one. All right, I've got two. I've elite. got two trades for you, and both of them work. So right, Washington's blowing it up. They're they're sending both these guys away. Brad, they're sticking. They're, they're keeping Bradley Beal, even though he hates them. And they're going to trade right. Otto Porter to Detroit for Reggie Jackson and John Luer. And then they're going to flip John Wall and Kelly Oubre to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. Wait, Drew Holiday makes more than John Wall? That's interesting. Yes, sir. That's why I was like, wait, maybe this is not something that need, that can work. But yeah, J- Drew Holiday makes twenty six million. John Wall only makes nineteen. Oh, because his, his extension doesn't kick until next year. That's why. Next year he's making thirty five. Oh, so I see. So they would, have, but that's what I mean. Yeah. They would, they would, if they pulled the trigger yeah. now, it would work. You, I don't know. Now, once you throw Ubre in there, it's interesting. I kill Ubre is an interesting uh-huh. guy, huh? Because he kind of does defend. Yeah. So, but there are only a couple teams like that, right? Like I said, New Orleans yes. is that's one. Milwaukee is one. Who, who else is a team that we're talking about that would? I don't think San Antonio would trade for John Wall. Um. I mean that's uh, that's pretty much it. I I think Dallas has their young guy for the future. They, they don't need John Wall. Dallas you never know. Not trading for John Wall. Neither no, is Utah. Team, Sacramento. I mean they're team, not that good. They're, right. But they're always a, 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 a player timeline, for a point guard. That's what I'm saying. It has to be a team whose timeline, like aligns with with John right. Wall. Miami. Miami. Is Mike? it the Clippers? Miami. I they like Drogic though. But do they like Dragic more than they would like John Wall? I, I could see the Clippers are an interesting choice. It's the Clippers. the Clippers. They don't have a. Because I mean, the they Cl- have Beverly, but they don't have a true point guard. It's the Clippers. They're going to reunite him with Marcin Gortat. That's or maybe they send Gortat well, back to Washington. Now I got to go with the, the trade thing, machine for this one. We are just wasting time it, with this. So. Yeah. Unbelievable. I guess the the the, the long the, to to make a long story long. I think that Beal is, if they really want to break the team up, is going to have to be the one to go, just because he's the most goable. Guys would want to, a lot of teams would line up to try to get Bradley Beal, and I feel like his contract is more reasonable going forward than Wall did. John Wall for Gallinari. John Wall for Gallinari straight up. Yep. Do you think the Wizards, the Wizards are taking that deal? They're not taking that deal. Probably not. But if they. Beal's the guy. You no, know, you got to put in some of the young guys like Gregorius Alexander or some one of those. Fine, you know I mean? fine. Give him Tobias Harris. Tobias let's, Harris. And somebody. Let's, let's either end this or move on. What do you say? You wanna, well, we're going to hit the end quickly. It, yeah, uh, uh, we can. Yeah. So that Rams Chiefs game. There was a hundred plus points scored last night. How about that? Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Not a second. I was watching the Celtics game and I did post game. Oh, you're the worst. Yep. Well, people people think like oh, this is the direction the NFL is going. Blah blah blah. I don't buy it. Yeah, it's, it's going in the direction of scoring, but like 
you can't look, look first. I, I think it's just a, a like a coincidence of like a lot of events. Dominant offenses, dominant offensive lines, bad defenses. Uh, I, there were like but three scoring players touchdowns. on defense. Defense yeah, touchdowns yeah. happened last night, so three, not three defensive that bad. touchdowns. Well, no, 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 but those but those defensive touchdowns also inflated the score to unnatural levels, right? Well, that's what so I'm like, saying, though. So the, so the defense is not that bad because they made some nice plays, but that also contributed to the scoring. So you can't just put all the scoring on the offense. No, but those but – those, look, a defensive play, right, is something that happens in one moment. That is, is – let's say there's 80 plays in a game, and – those those were three plays. It's not like they were. They, look, there were more defensive touchdowns probably than there were defensive stops, right? Like there were, sure. there were more of course. defensive yeah. touchdowns. If you, well, that's... you add in those. Yeah. So like, those were just things that. And if you, and if you watch them, it's like two of them were strip sacks, which is like okay, that's fine. They were impressive, but a strip sack is also a pretty fluky thing. You know what I mean? I. Sure. So, like, yeah, I, I think that the bad defense factored in. I think that the, the good offense factored in. I think, like, the play calling. And, like, also, in order to, to have something like that and have it be a good game, like, both sides have to be committed to, like, throwing down. Look, if, if, the, if the Rams of last that won last night played the, the 1993 Cowboys, Another good team. Of the, 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 it's, the scoring is still not going to be that good because the Cowboys are going to have eight-minute drives. You know what I mean? Like the the thing that drove, drives the score up as well is the fact that like both offenses run a hurry-up system and try to score as quickly as possible. And by the way, there, were, there was hardly any running. Even Gurley didn't run that much in that game. So I think all of those factored into it in a way that you can't expect to be consistent going forward, even if like the overall trend is to move slightly in that direction. All right. Well, we have 90 seconds left in this show, so uh, good NFL rant to end it, Calvin. I am not going to add anything. How about that? I'm just going to let yeah, it be. Yeah, I figured you would. We're good. Done. Done and yep, done. we're good. <clears throat> All right. Well, Calvin, enjoy your Thanksgiving meal. I hope you get plenty of stuffing and gravy and whatever else fancies your desires there. And uh, everybody else, enjoy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Of course, if you are not working on Black Friday, avoid the malls. How about that? And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everyone. Yep, that's it.